Welcome, everybody. This is BNP Weekly, episode 208. It is 28th of April. Uh, we are recording this on Friday, uh, typically on Monday, actually. Now, in this case, again, on Friday, because next week is the Microsoft 365 conference. So when you're watching this, if you're watching this on the day when this is getting released or listening, it's uh, Las Vegas. Actually, the keynote is happening today when this is getting released um, with Jeff Deep. Some really cool new announcements um, from Microsoft 365 conference. <laughs> My name is Asoy Wanan. Uh, I'm the pr- principal product manager in Microsoft 365 with me as the a co host. The product manager. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the product manager of Microsoft 365. Wait, what? <laughs> There's quite a few of us, so yes. it's not about the individuals. Waldek. <laughs> yes, hi, everybody. My name is Valdek Mostegas, and I am cloud developer advocate for Microsoft 365 at Microsoft. Excellent. In in BMP Weekly, we always talk about the latest on Microsoft 365 and related technologies because it's all part of the Microsoft Cloud. Uh, and uh, we typically have a visitor. So today we have do 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 do. You'll do that. You'll do do proper. Say yes from DevDev. He is one of the yes. PMs on Teams Toolkit, and we talked to him about his work journey, where he came from, what he used to do in the past. Did you know that he used to code on Atari? Well, we he didn't. So we talked about many, many cool things, where he yeah. came, where he's, what he's working on now, and where you will be able to see him in the next few weeks. So without further ado, how about we jump to the interview? Let's do that. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you, uh, David, for joining us on the PMP Weekly. Uh, really cool to have you on the, sh- on the show. Uh, before we started recording, actually, there was a lot of, <laughs> let's say, shared experiences related on <laughs> related on past. But but let's obviously let's start with the basics. Who are you, and and what do you do for a living? Okay, so uh, I'm David. I'm based in France, in the south of Paris. Uh, I'm an old Microsoft team, meaning that I've been working for Microsoft for. 23 years uh so yeah yeah i'm a baby microsoft t2 like <laughs> no i start to look old so maybe you can see that i've been uh, working in the industry for a long time uh, and today i am a, a, a pm a program manager or product uh, owner even now we change the title uh, i am in charge of the end-to-end developer experience of uh, you know building apps for microsoft teams and more specifically working you know uh, in my team on the microsoft uh, teams toolkit yeah yeah now i have to go back on 23 years that's that's a long time what, how did you that's long 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 time years. ago 23 years that, that's 2000, 2000. so wow this time, yeah. no well deck well deck wasn't you were you were unborn well deck i guess no <laughs> correct correct i was yes he's 22 yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, you like it so how did how did you join microsoft what was the the what was the role and, and how did you end up working in microsoft it was a complete random i know some of my friends when i started you know it was in 2000 they were huge fanboy of Microsoft. Um, it wasn't my case because I've never been a fanboy of technology. For me, like, you know, I've, I've been a developer since I'm very young. I started uh, writing basics at eight on the computer of my father. It was an Atari uh, 800 XL, you know, a very old computer. And for me, being a developer, I mean, I love coding. I love technology. So I'm not religious about technology, but I was looking for a job um, and uh, I went you know, on the forum when you're looking for a job and there was a Microsoft booth 
And I said, like, oh, I'm looking for a job. And he's like, no, you're, you're too young and we are not interested and, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, OK, yeah, why not? I'm going to give you my resume in case of. And, and the HR girl read the resume and, oh, you've been doing some Microsoft action. I done like one IT mission in my life. You know, it was a six months contract. Uh, I'm a bit ashamed by that because as a developer, you know, you try to hide that, but you know, I put it on my resume. <laughs> and so like Microsoft Exchange 5.5, like this was a nightmare at that time to deploy and maintain. Nobody knew about that. Like you said, how did you manage to do, to convince the company to do that? Well, because it turned out it was the best solution in our case. And like, okay, so we have a program to hire uh, young people. You should come. And, <laughs> and I started, I started, um, you know, as a support engineer. Uh, so writing code for uh, what we call premier uh, account, you know. Uh, it yeah, was PFE. before BFE. Yeah. PFE wasn't oh, like, yes, true, I'm old. True. Just remind me that, but <laughs> like, I'm old. PFE wasn't the stuff at that time. So basically, support engineer. I'm trying to get the bearings, yeah. <laughs> and I did that for seven years. I, I really enjoyed it because at that time, you were able to do, to support customers. But also, we were writing docs because when we, you know, when everybody had the same issue, we were writing kind of an article or documentation. So we were allowed to have half of our time supporting customers and half of the time writing documentation, writing sample codes. Were any of your docs burned on a CD or DVD that we shipped to customers? Yeah, we were sending. <laughs> that what know, we used to do back then, yeah, right? Yeah, we were sending the MSDN with you know, a huge book yeah. of, full of CDs, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and, and then when you have to patch something, you know, at that time, oh, no, 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 you, you send another patch. It's like, <laughs> you just send another one. <laughs> So this is how old I am. So not floppy disk, almost, almost uh, floppy disk. Um, and then seven years of a support engineer. So then I started to help ISVs as a consultant, more or less, uh, for a couple of months, years. I can't remember. My dream was to become what was named Evangelist, which is now named more yep. a cloud oh, developer yeah. advocate. Yeah. So yep. I was the first evangelist on cloud. I remember my post told me, like, you're going to be an evangelist on cloud. And I, I told him, like, but what is cloud? He told me, well, ne nobody knows, but apparently this is the future of Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I recall it. I recall, I recall the first time we, I heard about Azure and it was back then Windows. Uh, exactly. Uh, um, Azure. Azure. And it's like, yeah. so it's like OS, but it's not a full OS, but it's OS. And you're like, it's a what? what is it? Exactly. <laughs> it was, it was almost impossible to grow like, so do I get to I the think, point? No, 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 because it's managed managed in a cloud. So yeah, but how does that? But, but I think what the, is the, the, the challenge with Windows Azure was that it was way ahead of its time because we started with the platform as a service, not exactly. as a infrastructure as a service, and therefore customers were like, "A what?" <laughs> because they were still having all of the computers and servers yeah, yeah. on site. Exactly. <laughs> and as a developer, I love that. You know. One yes. of my friends came back as it wasn't named Bill at the time. It was named a PDC, I guess, you know, yeah. Uh, yes. uh, and, he, and uh, he went there. I think it was in Los Angeles or something like that. And it was Windows Azure and SQL Azure also. Uh, and yep. it was platform as a service. And like you said, it was way ahead of its time because as a dev, I was like, man, this is the future. I don't have to worry anymore about the, you yes. know, about the IT. And the IT people in the room didn't like that at all. Uh, you know, they said like, no, no, this is way too soon. <laughs> um, but it was fun. And I was doing some silver light too. So it was a silver yeah, light yes. uh, evangelist. <laughs> then I switched to HTML, HTML5 um, and web development. I've done a little bit of SharePoint. 
I've always been curious about technology, meaning that I, I've done WPF client side, I've done a little bit of backend ASP.NET. Now I'm almost full JavaScript. <laughs> yeah. And um, I've joined Corp uh, eight years ago uh, as a remote uh, employee. So we have a specific terms at Microsoft. I'm, I'm considered as a RRGE, meaning I'm a remote guest employee, meaning that I've got a French contract in my case. Yeah. But my manager is in the US. Um, so all yep. my team is in the US um, and the engineering team is in China. So yep. I'm really the bridge. I, I con I'm considering myself the bridge, you know, between Asia and US. <laughs> <laughs> and you are you are in France being like like if you go if you go from China west, like you you are directly in the middle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the of course one of the challenges I, I did this for a few years mentoring a team in China because we had a new team established in China and 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 Europe is in a suitable time zone with China. Um, but US isn't at all. It's it's like completely out of the you know normal working hours, um, and that's why we Europeans quite often get you know to be the bridge, which makes perfect yeah, sense. Exactly. Otherwise, someone has to suffer, <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah. you know, and it should be like kind of a rotation. So today it yeah. will be you know US, China, and you're right. There's a you know, my mornings are um, calls with uh, Asia, basically, and my nights are for uh, for with the US. And my yeah. sometimes my morning are with some cool Europeans still uh, around, like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah, like on our end, like like we have a team that spans from Hawaii to Australia. So like wow. having everybody on a call is just Im yeah. impossible unless somebody pulls indeed the short straw. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's it's exactly that taking turns. Like, who's going to have it late in the night? Because there, there's there's just physically no other way. Now, now related on that, actually that one, I, I still want to get back on on few historical questions. But related on that particular point, how do you, David, actually deal with that time zone and uh, the working hours is different than everything else? Is that a is of course the 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 company isn't directly requiring you to do outside of office hour work, but you do, and then that kind of, how do you deal with that complexity of, of time zones and, and working? I'm not there dealing with it. I'm not dealing with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I guess you need to be, um, I have often discussion with my manager, uh, Pierce. Pierce is really great, my manager, because uh, he is himself remote. He's based in Utah, yep. so he's in the U.S. It's I would say it's easier to be remote in the U.S. because even yes. for American people, if you're not at Seattle or Redmond itself, you're remote. But if you're in the U.S., like on the East Coast, you only have three hours time zone difference, yep. and they still this is still the same culture, also the same language. So because on top of that, on our in our case, we need to manage also the cultural differences and the language barrier also in our case, you now with my beautiful French accent. So what I'm trying to do is no, to- we can't hear. Yeah, yeah really? <laughs> it's, a new, it's a new AI plugin in Teams, like, can you make it uh, American accent for me, please? <laughs> well, actually, no, no, no. Actually, I bet that at some point, Americans want to make it French because it's, it's sophisticated. <laughs> That's true, absolutely. Yeah, we are sophisticated and arrogant at the same time. Uh, we have the same reputation. Confident, David. Confident, Confident. Confident. sorry, sorry. <laughs> thanks. thanks for the wording. <laughs> and, and to manage that, you need to be super careful in your, um, in your way to manage your agenda, meaning that um, uh, I, I had some mentors also, you know, in my organization, I asked to some of my mentors, 
how do you deal with it? And the, 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 the main way to do it is like, for instance, let's dedicate a specific day in the week for a specific time zone. So you know that you need to, to get in sync with people in China, for instance. So you know you will have to wake up earlier, you know, to do call with them. But it means that don't go to, don't continue your day up to, you know, to, with the US, you know, because otherwise you will be exhausted. So I'm not following completely this pattern because we have built to organize. So we need to discuss a lot. And thankfully, with Teams, we have a lot of async communication, which is super helpful. So we are creating a lot of group chat on specific topics. And we are trying to avoid at all costs, like this famous video call when we all need to be in the same room, you know. It's great to connect people, I guess. We need to do that because, you know, and I hope I will be able to see my team physically in the real world uh, soon. Um, but this is a way to manage it and then find some time in, in your day to to rest. So it's, um, it's difficult because you're still thinking about like, oh, I need to to provide this document, but then I'm walking, you know, so I'm fortunate enough to have a house and I've kind of, I know you have a beautiful place too, Vezas, I can see that on, on social <laughs> networks. And then I'm walking outside uh, because if, otherwise you can always be in your uh, house and got yep. the feeling that you're working uh, full time. Uh, so it's really- you Like me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you need to fight against yourself. In my case, I am, I love what I'm doing. Like. If it would would be a boring job, I guess it would be easier to say like I'm not going to work like full time. You know, I'm going to yep. stop. Uh, in our case, we don't have the feeling to 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 really work in in a way. So we are really lucky. Uh, but our yep. brain and our body are could suffer from it. So you need to pay attention sure. to that. Yeah, yeah, that's actually yeah. really cool. So and I, and it's 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 an interesting. So one of the things what I've I've thought about many times, especially when you're traveling the U.S. and Redmond, um, it's it's a weird thing as to use the work a bit later as well. Um, you know the the evenings are for working time, so you're being productive and there's meetings. When you're in Redmond, the evenings are silent. And it's it's a, it's a magical thing because the the world kind of in the execution time zones, the world ends. In PST, yeah. So and that means that the evening of PST is basically free. And I, I well, like I understand Hawaii is still forward on here. So Tomomi, as an example, is is in a bit different forward. But it's this this kind of a five to six hours between 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time before the China starts actually doing things. And you actually see that in email. You see that in the the, the messaging actions and everything gap. else. It's <laughs> there is a gap within the 24-hour cycle oh, because right. of the massive sea. Uh, between US and, and, and Asia. This is right, that's fun. And another way to manage also this remote work, and we have budget constraint now, but I was used, you know, when I, I've been working in the Windows organization too, before joining the developer division. And at that time, I was able to travel four times per year for one to two weeks. And I, this is something like people cannot even imagine, like some stuff cannot be solved over email or, or, or uh, virtual meetings for whatever reason, because we are human, I guess. And then we're super convenient sometimes to travel. And in one or two weeks, we were super productive. Being in the same room, you know, uh, is something magical is happening. So maybe one day, thanks to the metaverse, we will manage to have the same level of uh, productivity. Uh, yep. Until then, we need to meet uh, each other from time to time. Yep. Yeah, I think I, th I think you mentioned, uh, or to me at least, like that means building trust, really build, building a relationship it's so much easier to do in person when you get when you are are in person together for a period of time well basically like you know you get to work 
but then also have have a dinner, share a drink, do something exactly. Else. Like that makes it so much easier to bond as doing this. Yeah. Like bonding yeah. on camera is so much more difficult, and it is not impossible. It just takes so much more time. And the weird thing is about it is that we're not wired, or at least I am not wired in in a way that it has to be um, the deliberate action. Like you need to make the effort to meet. Yeah. Like if you are are in the office, well, at some point you will need food. You will want to have lunch. So it's yep. so much easier. It's like, hey, you're going for lunch. I'm going for lunch. How about we get together and and just chat about stuff? Whereas now it has to be a meeting on on the calendar, which is like, oh, yeah, yeah. and then I like it's your evening morning in the US. So like, do you bring dr- beer or wine if you drink or not? Like, and then they bring milk or water. Like, how does that? That just that doesn't work. And they bring breakfast and you dinner. Like. And you don't want to eat in front of this like it doesn't it just doesn't, doesn't work right so yep. you have to have you like different approach about it but it takes it takes way more effort yeah yep. exactly <laughs> now uh, david but the one thing what i wanted to ask from historical things let's let's not dwell too much on the historical things we want to also focus on future but how do you see microsoft being changed within this 23 years you've been wow. in microsoft <laughs> Oh, and I, I, and I, do, I do apologize. I need to refill my coffee because yeah. I know that this will take a while. I'm, I'm with the audio, and I'm gonna go to our kitchen, and, and I'll be back. But please, please. That, that is what I need to deal with every time. He just like, okay. yeah. So I want to call. I meet you, but I will go, just go away to get my coffee. Like, so, so I ask you like, so oh, quantum computer are working, and then say oh, and then he leaves. Like I'm not interested. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this, and then I will walk away. Like, how are you talking? Well, that's well, what you get when when you put somebody in a room for too too long period of time by himself. Here we go. I'm back. Mike, I'm back. Mike Vassoff has changed a lot for sure. <laughs> um, I started. Bill, Bill Gates was um, was a CEO, you know. Uh, yes, he was a CEO. Like it uh, changed quite uh, rap- rapidly, quickly to Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer was interesting because um, he wasn't a technical guy, and a lot of people, a lot of technical people, didn't like him because of that because he was a pure sales guy. But still, he managed to really push you know the revenue of microsoft uh, and not the stock you know you know i was supposed to become a millionaire when i joined microsoft so because millionaires <laughs> were telling me that and it didn't happen for whatever reason you know uh, but still like we are super fortunate to work for microsoft and then steve Ballmer was a great leader still i i you know when i was in the same room as him so first he had this very loud voice strong voice he was super oh, energetic you know yeah, yeah developer oh, developer like, co-pilot co-pilot, co-pilot. <laughs> <laughs> but the company like it was all about like uh, a vertical stack you know when i was doing uh, pre-sales you know or, or or evangelism like i would i was pitching like uh, .NET, sp.net sql sharepoint you know internet explorer on the top windows it was like yeah if you go to Microsoft, you buy the, you buy the full stack, um, yep. and then we were challenged, you know, by the some Linux stacks like uh, PHP. We were naming that lump, you know, line, Linux, Apache, uh, you know, I can't remember. MySQL, PHP, and and I started to be more interesting into the those, you know, w- this weird world of uh, open source communities. And this is really open source and Satya basically has really changed the game because when oh, yeah. he, be- he started to take care of the cloud, you know, um, initiative at Microsoft, it was much more open, meaning that we we try also with the Windows phone. I was there, you know, where I, I was an evangelist of Windows phone trying to port some games to the from iOS and Android to using really Unity. Awesome 
Yeah, and I really love the Windows Phone, you know, UX, but like yep. the the apps and the store, it was so difficult to to compete with uh, with our uh, competitors. Like, and then really the switch was with uh, Steve uh, with uh, between Steve Balmer and Satya, and Satya was a really great leader, but has a, the, the right vision for Microsoft. And we have really seen that in the transformation of Microsoft regarding the direction, but also the way to structure some of the teams, like, you know, asking us to collaborate more because it was really like silos. I think we still need to have work to be done at Microsoft, but uh, like compared to where, where I'm coming from, like the, the difference yeah. is huge, really huge. And open source at the beginning was just uh, uh, a specific org, only a specific group of people were allowed to work on open source. Sure. And, be, and this is where we started with a friend of mine. Maybe we'll talk about that, you know, a 3D engine we've been building. We wanted to build that on your, our spare time. So we want it to be open source. And we were a little bit in trouble at that time because it wasn't the Microsoft today where I wouldn't say you are allowed to do whatever you like. You know, you still have to be careful when you build open source yeah. at Microsoft. But like at that time, open source was seen as a uh, completely evil, Miko, like, you know, you're going yep. to kill Microsoft with your product. Like, come on, we are two engineers. If we're killing yeah. Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but do not underestimate the power you have, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe I should. Um, so Microsoft had changed a lot um, and we grow a lot regarding the number of employees. When I was working at Microsoft France, we were 700, which was, so I was able to know most of the people. Uh, and then now it's really huge company. It's very really difficult to know everybody. Uh, um, and as I was an evangelist, a lot of people knew me because I was on stage, you know, doing conferences for Microsoft. And then you probably have this issue, like when you, you meet someone in the corridor, say, oh, David, how are you? And you have no idea about who is this guy. Yeah, hey, buddy. <laughs> so Microsoft, yeah, it's, it's, really great. It's and been a magical transformation, to be fair. And I, I, I've the classic stories about iPhones and and all of that. That that and it it was a real thing. If you actually use an iPhone, you could not get the, the company emails or anything because the, it was seen such a competitor for Windows Phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that was the Palmer time. And then all of a sudden, we flipped the whole thing and we basically say, you choose whatever you choose, we'll be there. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was an amazing transformation for sure. And much smarter to my point of view, I can understand when you need to protect your market sometime, you know, yeah. but in this case, it was counterproductive and and Satya, you know, uh, and then it was the opposite. My brother is a sales guy at Microsoft. Um, uh, he really enjoys Satya, uh, but I know some sales people he's working with was like, we don't understand anymore this guy. Like it was easier to understand Steve Ballmer. It was like he was yes. a sales guy. So he was discussing sales to sales. Uh, and now we have someone more technical, but I think he still managed to 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 communicate and discuss with everybody in the company. So sure, sure. And and the stock is looking really good actually this week especially. So yeah, I, so, I, I, so sales I, guys I, should be happy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So and I have to say I, I, I'm a classic story, but I do have probably the most expensive bathroom and sauna department in in Helsinki because I sold stocks to fund the renovation when the stocks were at twenty seven dollars. Ah, so, yeah, yeah. My brother so. told me that you know you should look at uh, all the stock you had since you started at Microsoft <laughs> and how what would what would be the amount if to, you would still have them today? And I, 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 I don't want to do that now. No, 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 no,
salary, we do get paid with AMP asset stocks as well. And then exactly. that trickles down gradually as part of your career. So so it's it's part of the deal. So yeah. Anyway, um, you, you actually mentioned there's something related on the open source and a small project which you started um, at some point, which has grown to be something uh, pretty magical, uh, what it is right now, because I, I think version 6 of Bubble.js yeah. was released uh, this yeah. week. Uh, oh, can, you, can, you, can you talk about how, how did that happen? Uh, why did you, was that a weekend project or, you know, in the evenings I'll do some extra writing yeah. code or... The first thing, the first thing though, that I wanted to ask, did it start on Codeplex? Uh, no, no, on on directly on GitHub, I guess. Um, yes, we so were. It isn't that old, right? Uh, it was <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2013. I'm not sure. I need. Yes. I, I don't think it was Codeplex. Codeplex was David Catu is my best friend today. We he started working at Microsoft. He was driving a company and he's been writing 3D engine for ages, you know, on Amiga and Atari. He was part of the demo scene. And I know you guys, you know, in your Nordic country were the best one at that time building demo. So uh, I always love developer coming from your countries. Uh, and I, I was part also a little bit of the demo scene, but I was more composing music on my side and writing a little bit of code. And immediately, yep. we know, we, we, we are discussing. They said, like, Silverlight 5 was the last version and had 3D support. And he just joined the company. And I was like, oh, I don't even have my Microsoft alias. I don't know what to do this weekend. I told him, like, I'm going to give you the beta bit of Silverlight 5. And he started writing Babylon, but on in C Sharp on Silverlight. Obviously, Silverlight wasn't, you know, as successful we were hoping. So, and then we switched to JavaScript. But to do that in JavaScript, we needed WebGL, and uh, uh, Internet Explorer didn't have WebGL. So, and it was tricky to release an open source engine just targeting Chrome or Firefox at that time. Trust me, like yes. Yeah. So we was there Chrome already then? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Chrome was two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, during. We 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 heard leaks. Sometimes we are you know we are discovering stuff from Microsoft thanks to leaks. IE is about to support WebGL, and my friend David told me like, I'm going to spend all the weekend coding to code it from for Chrome. Crossing finger, it will work for the next version of IE. So yeah. he's been building the engine. He showed me the engine was like. In one weekend, you were able to do that. This is insane because he, he and I tell him, I want to join the party. And he we started to co pilot. He used to yeah, yeah, maybe he, <laughs> he, he, traveling. he had a Dolorean <laughs> and he's been traveling to the future, like, oh, I'm interested into this uh, GPT co pilot stuff. <laughs> yeah, give it to me. <laughs> and then I started to help him on building some of the features of the engine. So, you know, thinking also about some additional tooling to help the developer and really the, the, the vision I told him, like, it should be easy to be used by people stupid like me. Like, uh, really, I was like, I'm not a huge 3D guru. And for me, 3D was about shaders, complex vocabulary. I, I, I felt I was, you know, out of this game. It was too complex for me. So I want the people to really have the feeling that they can join the party too. So I will act as a monkey, meaning the way we're going to shape the APIs and the, the, the engine should be also powerful because we still need to compete with other people, but still easy to use. So um, this was what we did. And then um, we weren't uh, we weren't invited, you know, at web conferences because it was IE and Windows PC. Everybody wanted to see Mac on stage with Chrome. Uh, so as evangelists, it was super difficult. But they say like, oh, but your baby project like this 3D stuff looks interesting. So you can go 
uh, talking about your projects if you like but you know don't do your microsoft bullshit we don't we are not interested like <laughs> and, and we were invited on stage and we were the only one to have a windows do not PC mention with, the m word yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly m m dollar and then we were on stage you know uh, and and with ie and windows and everybody were making love of us but at the same time this was oh this product looks cool And from time to time, we started to be identified by Ubisoft. Ubisoft one day say like, we would like to use your engine. So we've been building ah, an experience of Assassin's insane. Creed in the browser. It was insane. This meeting yeah. was well, really, really impressive. Um, and we managed to ship that. And one day when, Mike, when David went to the US, so he's now working in the US, um, some people started to contact us because they discovered that they wanted to use BabylonJS for Microsoft products, but they, they didn't know it was built by Microsoft employee. And, ah. and the, <laughs> so they started to use it and now it's used in, in Teams. Like, I don't know if you know that, but if I'm doing that, this is not the most uh, impressive, uh, um, um, you know, stuff of, uh, yes, exactly, of of, uh, of Teams, but it used Babylon JS. <laughs> Seriously? Wow. Uh, cool. yes. I didn't but, know. But it's supposed to be a 3D engine, so it's used also on Bing Maps. Uh, it's used, you know, because of the 3D, you know, representation that you have uh, in SharePoint, so uh, SharePoint Spaces. This is my last big contribution to Babylon was the VR support, so being used in SharePoint Spaces. I remember, like, David told me, like, oh, the SharePoint people would like to discuss with you about your VR uh, feature. And for me, it was like, SharePoint, yes, like. You know, the stuff with documents. The SharePoint. You know, for me, I, I, I won't I won't be, you know, uh, you know, uh, bad about SharePoint. But for me, it was like more of a boring product with document. Like I couldn't see the link with the VR environment, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a lot. They want to have a 3D. And we've been, work, I've been working with them. Ignore the report, you know. <laughs> <what> the... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And today we have a team of uh, at least 15 people working for for David, more or less, uh, maintaining because it's being used in many places at Microsoft. PowerPoint, you know, when you have 3D models and you view PowerPoint online, it's used BabylonJS, for instance. Uh, wow. So, yeah, it's... Uh, insane. And that and all of that coming from a two-person weekend project migrating yeah. from... Learning open insane. source and we were, you know, we were hoping people could help us as open source and open source. We discovered it was a nightmare. We were shipping code for free Uh, and people were super aggressive, meaning like, oh, this doesn't work. Like, what doesn't work? You know what doesn't work. No, I don't know. You need to help me, like, build a repo. <laughs> I don't have time to, to build a repo. And uh, can you read the yeah. source code to help us? No, I don't have time to read the source code. And, you know, I'm building a business on top of your shit. And, like, <laughs> and I was like, and, and this happened for, like, many months. Until, you know, and we, we, we really started to lose faith in humanity with David. We said, like, you know, we're going to build that just for ourselves. And we don't care about others. And then magically, some people started to help us in a progressive way. Some people said, like, I'm not good enough to contribute to the source code, but I like to help you to improve your documentation, yes. to improve your samples, yes. you know, to manage yes. some of your community. And we started, we said, like, oh, yes, please, because we don't have time to answer to all messages. And, yeah. and we yeah. started to build tools to manage that, to have a forum. And then at the end, we had core contributors, people coming from, you know, the 3D world that started to contribute, like, But the message I'm going to send to people, it takes a huge amount of time before reaching the magical point of having the open source it takes project. Five work. years yeah. for for yeah. overnight uh, success. Yes, yeah. I guess <laughs> this is the right time. Time, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. And I, I love the fact 
that that's so classical thing for the open source stuff what we've been doing and Waldeck is well aware of this where where people no no you need to help me I'm building business on top of your shit but it's like <laughs> no but but can you can you elaborate? No, no, you need to come to this call and help me. I don't, I don't have, have time for that. Well, you need to fix that. And said, no, but you choose what? What? Exactly. Yeah, you choose to easy version uh, <laughs> of responsibility. This is insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Interesting experience. Still, you have to test it to yes. understand this magical world. <laughs> yeah, you will grow. If anything else, you will grow. You will grow thick skin. You will. You yeah. will oh, yes. learn a lot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. You learn a lot about human humanity and yourself and yourself. Yes, yes. Isn't it? Isn't it like how you build grit in Finland? Yes, yes. You just expose yourself to the worst experience possible. You're like, I'm gonna get through this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just plow through it. That's called sisu, sisu in Finnish. Now there you go. There you go. They have a word for that. It's a thing. In the rest of the world, there is we, actually uh, there is a real open source word for that. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we close up and and and, and awesome discussion, uh, and I love the historical points and and of course the learnings related on open source and all of that. Um, you are you coming back on what you do right now is that you're a principal product manager in the Microsoft Teams toolkit. Um, wh- what would be the the what what's like why Microsoft Teams toolkit and what would be the call to action related on that? Well, um, the the toolkit is really a tool to uh, boost the productivity of people uh, that want to build um, apps for Microsoft Teams. So for me, the way I see that and the way I'm trying also to push for the future version is to have kind of two paths. One would be a learning path, like because the Teams platform is really rich, you know, it's really interesting, but it's not always that easy to understand when, for example, I was coming from a web background, web developer background, and not everything was obvious, you know, how to integrate, you know, my app into Teams. So the Teams toolkit provide a lot, lot of samples to show you like, okay, to, to try to inspire you in a way on where you could, you know, put your, uh, your application logic data and the various uh, extensibility area. And the other one is using templates, this time to start from scratch uh, with more or less opinionated also uh, solution using React or Fluent or stuff like that. And then on on top of this, you know, ID, like it's a developer tool, we have also um, uh, additional tool to help you deploy your app in an easy way, register the app, because this is also something that could be complex for, for people starting from scratch. So we are trying to managing that. And the new version that we are going to ship for Bill, like it's already in pre-release state, the V5, we've been doing a huge amount of work to listen from you, from the community on what we need to improve. And uh, so far, a lot of people are really, uh, really satisfied with that because it's tricky yep. sometimes to target beginners, but also people like are used to the platform and are looking for something else. So this is really the, the stuff we're trying to do uh, is to make the life of uh, developer building for uh, the Teams platform, but undoubtedly also, you know, you, know, you can deploy in Outlook at Fizz.com, like uh, using SharePoint also as as uh, an entry point, really making the life of people easy uh, and to build quality apps, I hope, in, in Teams. Yeah, cool. there, there is, I think, as part of the, the uh, quarterly results, we were publicly saying that there's 300 million uh, users in the in the Microsoft team. So it, it is a big, big, big audience uh, for 
integrating your application into um, and, and making sure that people are aware of the applications, whatever you have. You, of course, if you are a SaaS provider, whoever is listening to this as an ISV, it doesn't mean that you need to rebuild your application. It's just surfacing your application in the right locations in Teams in the in the context of work. Which is and something cool. I would like to add on top of that, we discussed a little bit about phones, like Windows Phone, yep. iPhone, Android. We know how complex it was to deploy on all the stores. If you ship, you know, on the Teams platform, uh, and we are we're going to try to improve a lot the mobile developer experience. We still work to be done there, but let's imagine, like you said, there's a number million of users, including the the mobile platform. Like you could really have kind of an abstraction in a way store or a platform to distribute your app in an easy way. Uh, on the desktop, Mac, Linux, you know, up yep. to all mobiles, yep. you know, so. Yep. Yeah, and also the fact that you bring your app where people already are. So they, yes. you know, like there's not like fiddling with bookmarks or policies to push link to folks or like, how do I find this app? I know that we can we can book a travel, but where is this app? Like what is its AKMS link at Microsoft internally? Or where do I get it? Like where where's the catalog of our apps? Mm -hmm. It's on Teams, you just have like an icon to press, that's it. Yeah, you know, exactly. So it's yeah. so much easier to find these apps that you actually need for work. Yep, absolutely. Now, David, one more question. Uh, we typically do this with all of the the the, the people in the show. Uh, what what's happening this week? Anything uh, specific? What's your kind of work this week or next week? Uh, so, <laughs> week what, what's on top of mind for you um, right now? I guess it's builds, right? Oh yeah, my my day and nights are all about build. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to have a lot of really cool stuff being featured at build that will use uh, Microsoft uh, Teams toolkit. Uh, something I can share publicly, like I will uh, deliver a session on the live share SDK, which is something I really love. Uh, I invite uh, people to have a look to what is uh, the the live share SDK, which is really something to help you building multiplayer experience in Teams using a backend provided for you to socket connection. So um, I, I will deliver a session, and you know one of my demo was uh, the metaverse demo. You know I was uh, uh, letting people to move into a 3D space in Teams. You yep. know, um, so I will I will explain how to do that, uh, and also we are trying to to deliver the last version of the Teams Toolkit. So it is at the same time, like working hard with engineering, trying to be ready uh, and also for you because we are, you're helping us to make it happen, you know, because uh, so it's really like working with a lot of different people. Uh, coming yep. back to the beginning of the meeting, which was like managing the time zone, you know, people all over the world, being sure that you're not forgetting about sharing the right information because sometimes it happened and then people are in trouble because they didn't know you wanted to go into this direction. So this is my next week's up <laughs> to end of May. And I will travel yeah. to Renman for uh, to be there. So um, I will see some physical people like it would be an amazing experience like to wow. be able to read bodies. And you will be also actually real or not? You will be also expert on the on the booth, right? So if there's anybody who wants to talk to you about Live share, SDK, Babylon, Teams Toolkit, you are there. Sure, sure. Throughout the event, right? Exactly. I will be there. And uh, I know some of my friends from the Cloud Advocates um, will do a lab. I, I try to go there also to discuss with people. So if you are interested in, in the toolkit, yes, let's meet there. If you're going to, if you're fortunate enough to travel to build, uh, I would love to meet you and 
Hear your pain or your joy. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And build is, by the way, a hybrid, hybrid setup. So those who cannot travel there, and they can still watch the keynotes and the sessions and sure. all of that uh, remotely as well. But of course, there's some special in-person experiences there. Now, I guess that's that's it for this uh, this setup. Uh, thank you, David. Uh, really, really cool discussion. Um, I wasn't aware of actually of all of your historical things. I, I knew the bubble in JS, <laughs> but, but, but it's 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 cool to know a bit about the background. And 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 I think looking back on history always helps us to define the future as well. So understanding the directions and where we're heading, it's actually that that's I guess that's called experience, right? So we, we kind yep. of can then start adjusting where we're heading in the future. Thanks. <laughs> but, but cool. Thanks. Thanks for joining. Uh, we'll jump uh, on the show. We'll jump then covering the weekly articles with Waldeck. But thank you, David, for this one. Really cool. Thanks a lot thank for you. the invitation. See you soon. Excellent. Thank you, David. One more time joining us. Really, really cool discussion and a bit of a historical recap on things as well. But I guess those are actually they, they like we like I said during the interview. I think looking back on history is also giving us the direction for the future, and then we can we understand more about the things what we're doing currently, why we're doing that, and where we're heading. So it's experience. So yeah. You know, that's also an interesting thing. Like the other day, I started to wonder, what is the age when you start looking back at your life? I used to do this. I used to listen to that. I used to play this game. I used to. When is that? Because as a kid, I I, I didn't do that. Yeah. In my 20s, I don't think I did it too. So somewhere. Your past 20s? Along... What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but somewhere along the lines, at some point, it, it starts. Yeah, then, you start looking back at things. Yeah, yeah. And 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 again, anyway, it's it's the the classic story of of forties as being the new thirties and fifties as being the new forties and all of that stuff as well. Because at least personally, I don't feel that old. It's it's still like well, we you know we just Which graduated from high school. A few hundred years years back, that was kind of the lifespan. Like you would be forty, you would yes, be all true. almost dying. True. And now That's we're true. like, no, no, no. Like I still have years to go. We're you know, just getting started. Healthcare, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am reinventing myself. <laughs> yes, that is true. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and next in next show we're going to talk about the evolution of uh, biology. In, in uh, um, so let's jump on the. <laughs> we will. Let's jump on the. Might be absent on that show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Let's jump on the weekly article. Yes. So let me share my screen uh, and I'll start with a Microsoft Teams blog. Um, there's a good blog post uh, related on what's new for security in Microsoft Teams. Basically, looking uh, explaining uh, what are the latest uh, security considerations and features what we are releasing in the Microsoft Teams. Pretty text-heavy uh, blog post, but again, security is boring. No, just kidding. It's not boring. <laughs> no, but it, it's actually, these are really good, referencing uh, the latest articles and documentation and guidance on what has been released and how do we maximize or improve the security day-to-day uh, -day, uh, within the Teams. Now, this one is, is incredibly cool. Um, so this is one of the, the biggest announcements, at least from my perspective for a uh, while, uh, which is the unified domain for Microsoft 365 apps and services. That's pretty cool, isn't it? It is pretty big. And the one thing I wonder that isn't clear in the article, will SharePoint have one domain in there too, 
or will it still have this like you need to know the host name because that makes it really hard to navigate to like to everything else you can go just outlook teams to do teams whatever else yep Yep. But then you I will not comment like, on that question <laughs> for the time and, being. <laughs> yeah, it so it doesn't explain in the article, but like, yes. I've, I've seen already a few folks ask about that in the open. So yes. SharePoint, yes. Will, will there be a landing place it, on it too? Now that, that's that's an interesting because it is like it like we can see from the picture. It's condoso.sharepoint.com always. So it's there's a personalization element for the company for the SharePoint online, but that's not for Teams. That's not for other other things as well. Now. SharePoint was one of the first of, uh, offerings in Microsoft 365. So introducing this kind of a fundamental change in the URL is a bit tricky. However, it might be really we're changing the URL anyway. uh, and and <laughs> we, and it would be interesting that we would actually do this because then people always know where to find the, the services. But I'm not going to go too much detail on the background things yeah, yeah. because I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, yeah. it's a very interesting change and. The moment you look at the attack cloud we show now on a screen with all the different yep. domains like Microsoft365.com, teams.microsoft.com, outlook.office.com, app.clipchamp.com, like yep. it makes perfect sense to consolidate all of that on one and have a consistent experience. And this is only for the authenticated apps in a way. So it's not for yes. the internet site, it's not for the blog that we have at Microsoft, yep. for the press site, news site, none of that. It's just for the apps. Absolutely, absolutely. This is whoever did, is driving this. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That is really, really cool. So, uh, consolidation and uh, clarity is always good. Now, on the Microsoft 365 block, we also had a cloud policy service at an ability to apply policies to everyone. Um, talks about the, the policy settings, uh, which are for security and, and consolidation and uh, labeling and all of that stuff. So basically, automation. Uh, governance, uh, which is coming across to Microsoft 365. Cool. On the developer block, we have an update related on Microsoft Graph SDKs. Exactly. And it's a small change, albeit important one. Right? So when we publish an SDK, and these are, so so this is for the uh, .NET SDK, we, we publish it to a Nougat feed, right? And we basically change, like in the past, we used to publish it as, Microsoft underscore graph underscore client underscore and underscore and tooling org name, which is like, wait, what? So we changed that to Microsoft Graph so that it's easier for you to grow. It's like, yeah, like this is Microsoft thing. This is a Microsoft Graph product in a way. So yep. it's just meant for simplifying and again, making it easier for everybody to understand that package is coming from us and exactly from who? Well, the Microsoft Graph team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really, really cool. Thank you, Maisa, for that blog post. There was also an update uh, on the Teams Toolkit. Uh, as we, as within the interview with uh, David, uh, Teams Toolkit is now heading into the V5 release. Now it's currently in public preview. Uh, we can pretty much guess when it's going to go uh, GA <laughs> because the build is coming pretty soon. On and Wednesday. All of that. So on a Wednesday. Wednesday. On a Wednesday. Uh, but basically, uh, there's going to be more and more guidance and information on, on what we can do and what are the integrations and capabilities within the within the Teams Toolkit. And this is one of those articles from Yi Dong uh, talking about the different options and improvements, uh, what we introduce and, and how we make the development of Teams application easier and easier, which is really, really cool. And a lot of lot of pictures. I, I I actually love the fact that we do pictures, you right? Like pictures, even though I I do like pictures. <laughs> pictures are nice. <laughs> I like pictures. pictures. I like pictures. <laughs> pictures are good. 
So what have we learned from this PMP Weekly? Yes, I like pictures. Pictures are nice. Pictures are pictures. Good. Pictures are good. Now, related on Team Toolkit, uh, Gary Trinder uh, has been joining on us on the weekly uh, community call on Tuesdays, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Every single Tuesday, 8 a.m. Pacific time, except for summer and holiday season in, in the, the December. Uh, um, and he's been doing a series of how to do development uh, for Microsoft Teams. There's uh, five videos um, and it's now completed and we have the five videos published in a playlist. So this is basically a blog post uh, from Gary uh, talking about those five different uh, videos which are now available. Really, really cool uh, that we have a baseline getting started video series um, uh, available in the YouTube as well. Now, Sir Harrison K uh, has a blog post related on SPFX custom left navigation for SharePoint Online. So basically, he he is really really one of the most active contributors in our open source areas, and and also have been building so many cool things and and helping people to build stuff in SPFX. So some, thank you, Sir Harrison, uh, on on all of that. And once again, a really great blog post talking about how could we do things and implement scenarios and 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 code examples, which is super, super cool. So yes, thank you for that. Big example, and that is for a custom nav on the left pane, right? Yeah, I'm trying to zoom in. Uh, the picture is a bit it small, was on but top. there's you a... Go back to the oh, this it is. You are 100% correct. Yeah. Uh, it is Ooh. actually here. There we go. So really, really cool. Thank you, Sutarson, on that one. Now, Mikhail had a blog post uh, related on useful managed properties to use in Microsoft Search. What is a managed property? Putting on a spot. So that basically, when you upload a document or have a list, like you can store the data about that item uh, in a list, on, and actually you will store them in fields or in columns. And the way you search through them is through managed properties that are exposed on search. So these are mapped to crawled properties that are then mapped to fields. And yep. the reason there is there is the mapping is that across the list, you might have things like a title in one, person's name on second, and then something else. And you can map them all three different fields to one managed property in search to make it easier for folks to search. Yep. And there's a, apparently a new set of managed properties that, that you can use yeah, basically simplify and achieve more with uh, search. So this is a great yes. list, great, great overview of everything new that is now coming in search. Yep, absolutely. Really, really cool. Thank you, Mikhail, for continuing sharing things. I'm actually watching this this intro here that he joined Microsoft in 2019. And I'm, I'm just, geez, time flies because it, it just joined. No, it's four years ago. What? <laughs> yeah, I am mine three and a half years down going on to third. So <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Thank you, Mikhail, for that one. And now Ganesh uh, Sanap uh, had a cool blog post. Actually, this is I, I like this this blog post for a few reasons, uh, but this is related on Synergy SharePoint Site homepage using the PMP PowerShell and CLI for Microsoft 365. Because again, I like the fact that we provide that flexibility on depending on it, on the, the tooling and command line tooling which you use. Um, depending on your preference, there are multiple ways of doing things. And, and here's how we do it in PMP PowerShell. Here's how we do it in CLI for Microsoft 365. So thank you. Thank you for that one. Um, things are relatively simple, but it, we obviously, um, having this kind of blog post are basically really great When you know how they when work, we, yeah, exactly. simple, yes. <laughs> yes like precisely. Everything else in life. That's, that is so true. That is so true. 
Um, now, uh, Peter Venstra had a new blog post where they unlock and wipe devices using Microsoft Graph in Power Automate. That's actually really interesting. Why would you lock and wipe devices? Well, if you have a company phone or a phone with access to company uh, assets and you lose it, yeah. you don't want that for somebody else to find and be able to access your company stuff, right? So you yes. wipe it remotely. So there's like one common case uh and maybe you want to do it at scale because maybe there is a reorg maybe you decommission device and don't want to do them like one by one so this is a very common case uh in it where it comes to uh, to managing the devices yep absolutely and 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 this is a great 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 reminder that microsoft graph is not just about the productivity endpoints and the information about the individual persons it's also the info accessing the information and capabilities and features within the company level like managed devices so that is the abi to to use in many cases so really really cool thank you uh peter uh, on that one now 365 Message Center show had a new uh, episode. I, I really, really, really like the show uh, because, again, you know, explaining the technical terminology in a understandable language is actually quite important for our customers and partners. And in Message Center show, they always cover the latest announcements what Microsoft has released in the Message Center, which is basically for tenant administrators to know what's rolling out. And and most importantly, again, recapping SharePoint 2013 workflows is going to be retired. It's not going to be immediately taken away. <clears throat> in April 2004, 2024. 2024. Uh, April 2024, from year from now, for new tenants, uh, that feature is no longer available. But if anybody is using that, it's going to be retiring 2026. So there's still plenty of time, but you need to start looking into uh, is it being used, how it's being used, what do we do now uh, related to the feature. Before so. you know, we will be there and you'll be like, where did time go? Well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly exactly christmas is only you know eight months from now we're past christmas there we go now um <laughs> that's an interesting way to get the bearings on time of year. yes exactly <laughs> so <laughs> juliana de luca had a a video related on how to synchronize microsoft loop task in a planner to my uh, and microsoft to do and this is really on on replicating to the the task in the loop with automation to the planner and to do. Uh, sorry, in loop from loop to planner and to do. That's actually a really nice scenario for sure. So interesting. I didn't. I didn't know. So, am I understanding that correctly? That it's about getting the same set of tasks in the loop in planner and to do, or? One second, one second, let's get back in here. Uh, so basically, as we have information in loop, we want to replicate information to other systems. And there's no mm -hmm. native out-of-box things to do that. Uh, so we can actually just automate things uh, across the systems. I if you're using will Twitter. need to look the video. I will need to watch the video to see how that's being done. That That's intriguing, yep. if anything else. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So you have, by the way, a lot of tasks to do, Juliana. No, just kidding. It's ideas and things, and and we all use the to do in a differently and different ways. If we use to do, whatever is the chosen uh, program. Now, uh, owls, owls, sending owls. Yes, that's or pigeons, pigeons. Uh, so, uh, 
Paolo Pialorsi had a new uh, video in his episode BSS Tech Bytes, uh, episode 247, and this is about web part top actions. And let me actually a bit uh, explain in the video what are web part top actions, and these are these in here, which we can now include in web part. So basically, rather than modifying, for example, the web part settings, you would have to open up the property pane and then do things. You can actually do adjustments directly in the top actions in the web part, which is cool. So simplification, simplification, making things more efficient. Uh, out of the box, web parts are using those heavily. And then the last one from Shane, well, it is about building an animated Power Apps hamburger menu for easy data filtering. So basically that's the hamburger menu, um, whatever we always call that, and how would we do that within the Power Apps? Um, so which is really, really cool. Thank you, uh, Shane, once again for the weekly video. What's happening for you this week? Or next week? This as, week, hopefully yeah, not exactly. too much. So as, we, as you watch this, we, if all is well, if all went according to the plan, we released new version of Microsoft Graph Developer Proxy. We released new version of CLI for Microsoft 365. So we have some room uh, to breathe around these two aspects too. Uh, but then we are off to another release already. So the room came and gone. It's a train, uh, content train with skips on going a circle. Exactly, so. exactly. So it's it's a really cool thing, right? Because like whatever, like there is no stress when it goes, oh no, we need to get this out. Well, if we don't ship this month, then there is in 30 days, there is another release. So exactly. exactly. Shrug. Like there is, unless it's a bug that we want to get as soon as we can, everything else is just like, well, it's we get it out when it's ready and there will be always a release. So that makes it really, really yep. cool. Um, so these, these two things are out. What else is there? We are preparing for a thing that we will announce shortly. Um, other than that, being really cryptic there, other than that, uh, it's I think it's time slowly to start preparing for ECS, which is the European Collaboration Summit, sure. preparing presentations, preparing demos, because it's only less than a month away now. So I, like after waiting for a long, long, long time, I finally booked my trip. So yep. that, that is already a milestone achieved, but now it's really time to prep for these uh, talks. So that will be probably yep. the next few weeks uh, doing that. Yep. How about you? Other than you being in Vegas? Right now being in Vegas, uh, which is, it's it's always it, always nice to see people, but it's the, the additional stress and all of that for traveling and everything else and, and losing weekends in both ends uh, because of the travel and, and setting up things is, is a bit of a bummer because it, it has an impact on, on family and you don't get to you know spend that free time uh, with the family. But um, it's really, really cool to see people uh, physically and, and being in the room with the energy with other people has a positive impact for sure. Uh, so it's it's a yeah. it's an interesting, you know, dual. It's it's at least in a personal level. I, I actually yeah, it's a two 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 hundred two whatever two headed sword. So you want to be there, but then when you start traveling, it's not necessarily nice, but when you're present, it's okay, but then it, it's super complicated. So um, I want to be there and see people without everything else around it. Yes, exactly. The exactly, hassle of packing, much. traveling, jet lag, sitting yes. in an aluminum body to, of a plane for nine yeah. hours, layovers. Yeah. No, no, yeah. not interested in that. I just yeah. want to be there, meet people, have a great time, talk, chat, share a drink, whatever people do, yep. and then be home. And then everything yep. else around it is like, nah, no. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I, I'm a big Formula One fan, and I, I love the Kimi Raikkonen mentality. Uh, historical things. I've read a few books about uh, his storylines as well, and it's always been like he, he really loved driving. Anything else is like I really don't care. <laughs> yeah, the, and F1 is really political, and there's a well, lot, yeah, of, exactly. especially around like renewing contracts and who will get the seat, yeah, and everything else around. Like, like you're you're being a driver, and then. There's the whole marketing and promotion and you yeah. need to do this and there is sponsor deal and you need to appear at events and do this and shoots and it's like can I just drive? Like yeah, yeah. only. Can we just focus on on relevant things, not on this nonsense? Speaking of which, <laughs> so since we airing this on Tuesday, who won the race? Max? Uh that's a good question. Now we're making predictions for Baku. Uh those who are not former one fans are like, what the fuck? What, 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 what are they <laughs> <laughs> But there's an in Azerbaijan there's a, a race on actually on Sunday, Saturday and Sunday because there's the sprint race on Saturday and yeah. then there's the actual uh race on Sunday. Uh I would say Max will win on Sunday. Uh so unless there's any any technical problems. Yeah, um, unless the car breaks, but yeah. Exactly. So uh, that's pretty much the case for this year, unfortunately. So it would be nice that there would be a bit more competition, or maybe, well, like maybe back, Mercedes. Like seven years of dominance of the silver, that's true. silver era. That's true. So that that is true. Maybe maybe George uh, George will be um, uh, doing a surprise, P3? and Mercedes is back. So P three, P two, P three. Uh, no, no. no. I'm, I'm, maybe he, George will actually win. You never know. So really. That, Maybe Mercedes is finally back in the game. So we'll see. <laughs> okay. Predictions, predictions, predictions. Um, interesting to see how this plays off. Anyway, thank you for watching, listening. And thank you, David, one more time on, on joining on the call. Really cool discussion. A um, bit of a recap on history and all of that. That's always uh, good for sure. Um, and also about the future where we're heading uh, within the Microsoft and with the community. And I, I, I love the references related on open source and community stuff because they're, yeah. they're so relatable. <laughs> <laughs> we we started our GitHub. No, we started actually the, the our community stuff in open source back in 2013 in Codeplex and then moved yeah. to GitHub in 2014. And it's, yeah, it's a lot of yeah, you will grow a thick, a thick skin for sure. <laughs> well, it's on, our, on our end, I don't know. So I don't get get exposed to every needy greedy detail across everything that we do because we we do a lot. But overall, I can say that we've been. It's it's like community has been pretty good good to us. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. And and there's always multiple opinions. There's always feedback and all of that. But I, and and we're all entitled to feedback. That one hundred percent. And and feedback and perceptions are highly subjective. Um, so so whenever something new comes around or something, some people do things. There are reactions, and, and that's yeah. part of the part of the risk, which we've talked about this one with. Uh, who did we talk about this one? For example, publishing videos and everything else. Um, it's it, there's always a risk that people will come and say. Agnes, eh, what, what, what April. Was it to Agnes, yeah. No, with April, uh, we April. Uh, oh, yeah. talked about yeah. the trolls and and the feedback and everything else. And whenever you put yourself available with open source yeah. communities and everything else, you open yourself also for the. Well, but for every one person that hates, there's hundreds who don't exactly. and appreciate exactly. that and. Like if that's you know if you choose to spend your energy in a way to hate folks and their work, well, that's really Tough shame luck. for you and and it's yes. sad for the person, yep. but yeah, nothing we can do about yeah. it. 
That is on true. that. I don't know. Can we call it a positive note? Uh, yeah, but constructive or or encouraging yeah. uh, note encouraging, uh, at least. Yes, encouraging. <laughs> don't don't get yourself bogged down and brought down by by others who don't believe in you. Yes, exactly, exactly. That's a good ending. Thanks everybody for watching, listening. We'll be back Thank within you. a week. Cheers. Bye bye. <laughs>